the mountain of fiscal surplus and collapse of global chains have unleashed an inflation dragon which is burning everything in its sights. From $10 lettuce to $20 instant coffee jars, there are a few parts of our lives which have escaped truly unscathed. It is clear that we are at a pivotal moment. The annual movement of 7.3% promises of fiscal austerity to take the wind out of consumer demand, and it's priming us for a summer of real financial heat. I'm Ulrika Lobo, director of Sparrow Loans. You're listening to our latest episode of Ready, Set, Debt. We're going to go into inflation and how it is calculated. Central banks and governments face the Herculean task of bringing the worst inflation in three decades to bear. The Labor Party's first budget was one of hard decisions for hard times, and the Reserve Bank has been resolute in its commitment to rate rises, promising aggressive moves if inflation runs hot over summer. The fight against inflation has dominated our policy and fiscal decisions. It has forced many Australians, especially those on lower incomes, to embrace a brutal cost crunch in their budgeting. With the cost of transport, groceries and housing all on the rise, it is hard to deny that inflation exists. But how is it calculated and what is the ominous 7.3% inflation figure for September quarter? The Australian Bureau of Statistics, or the ABS, uses the Consumer Price Index, or the CPI, to measure price movements over time. The simplest way to think about the CPI is to imagine a fixed basket of goods and services that a hypothetical household buys every quarter. The household is supposed to be representative of the standard metro household in our capital cities. As prices of the components of this basket change, the overall value increases, or decreases, but in this case, increases. Any increase in the price for this basket is inflation. The CPI basket is divided into 11 groups, including food and non-alcoholic beverages, alcohol and tobacco, clothing and footwear, housing, furnishings, household equipment and services, health, transport, communication, recreation and culture, education, and insurance and financial services. These groups are then divided into 33 subgroups, which each then have 83 expenditure classes. These expenditure classes group together similar items such as various types of motor vehicles. So it's quite an extensive collection of elements. When calculating CPI, price movements in each category are scaled depending on that category's total share of expenditure. These weights improve the accuracy of the headline CPI data as the quarterly price change reflects a household's overall consumption. Although these weights are expressed in terms of expenditure shares, the ABS only holds the quantities of products in each expenditure class constant. So this could be the liters of petrol or loaves of bread a household purchases each period. It is important to note that the CPI only measures price changes and not the price level. The index launches off a base year, which is two years behind the current year. Prices for this base year are set at 100 points, with any changes to prices moving the index away from this value. For example, a 5.5 increase in prices would cause the index to shift to 105.5. So if bread has an index of 92.6 and cereal has an index of 101.1, It would not necessarily mean that cereal is more expensive than bread, but it would tell us that cereals have risen in price while breads have fallen. So the CPI isn't giving us a picture of how affordable things are for everyday Australians, but of how much less affordable things are becoming. The cost basis for many Australian goods are competitive relative to international prices. 
so increases in some segments are less damaging than others. Milk, for example, is now at $1.81 a litre from about $1.70 last year. Potatoes have made a similar move from $7 for 2 kilos to $7.50, which is less dramatic than the shocking percentage figures we're saturated with. It feels like prices vary a lot depending on the store you're at. So how does the ABS collect prices based on that? ABS staff make personal visits to different retail outlets, check prices in online stores or marketplaces, and utilizes transaction or scanner data. It is increasingly using web scrapers to collect online prices, which allow it to record prices more frequently. This is an exhaustive process. The CPI is based on over 900,000 price quotations each quarter. ABS price quotations take into account government subsidies such as Medicare or childcare benefits, discounts and tiered prices offered to different groups. The aim is to capture a more realistic snapshot of people's spending. Now let's bring the conversation back to today's data. Headlined as a scourge, which threatens our way of life, it is easy to think of inflation as a militant and violent evil, which we're powerless against. It is much more complicated than that. The dramatic cost push seen in the CPI is not evenly distributed among groups, and there is more to cost of living than just the CPI. Housing is a major driver of the annual inflation figure, with the price of new dwellings rising 10.5% over the previous 12 months. These ballooning construction costs are driven upwards by materials and labor shortages. This stems from a few sources, including the Home Builder Grant, which caused a surge in new dwelling construction, the bushfires, which ravaged our plantation regions, and high international supply costs. Flood inflation has also increased the stress on house construction, as supply-side capacity is failing to meet the ever-increasing demand. I might just moderate this statistic by reminding us that not everyone is building or renovating a house. If construction is already underway, you'll definitely notice that timbers, concreting, parts and labour are all more expensive, which translates to higher costs. However, millions of Australians would have delayed their construction plans amidst booming costs or put them off for the foreseeable future. So the price movement in this group does not reflect the experience of millions of Australians. However, energy, food and personal care items will squeeze a much larger pool of people. Over the past 12 months, furnishings, household goods and services rose 7.7%. This is mainly due to supply chain problems exacerbated by COVID-induced worker disruptions, manufacturing constraints in China and throughout Asia, and resource shortages making inputs more difficult to procure. In this category, other non-durable household products are up 16.2% and furniture, which is up 11.4%, were the main contributors. Furthermore, the shambolic state of our energy market is creating a cash crunch of a scale we haven't seen in over 10 years. Gas and other household fuels rose by 10.9% and electricity by 3.2% this quarter alone. Everyday Australians will find themselves in the tricky spot of choosing to cool their homes over summer or trimming precious dollars off the energy bill. That is an opportunity cost no family should have to consider in an advanced and resource-rich economy like Australia's. But this is where we approach one of the limits of the CPI's usefulness. It does not give us a complete picture of the impact rate rises are having on people's bottom lines. Calculations from Rate City show that the rate rises leading us to a 2.5% cash rate had already added nearly 30% to mortgage repayment amounts on a 25-year loan. This puts households in a cruel situation where the fastest growing cost of living is actually servicing a mortgage. Furthermore, these rate rises aren't even working on combating the biggest drivers of today's inflation. 
The increases in food, construction and commodities are caused by more than just hot demand. Global factors including the war in Ukraine, China's manufacturing squeeze and supply chain problems are all at fault. The ABS noticed that annual non-discretionary inflation jumped from 7.6% in the June quarter to record highs of 8.4% in September. While the cost of the nice-to-have items are rising quickly, it's the price of necessities that are really driving the inflation crisis. Non-discretionary spending is consistently below the headline inflation rate. The cost of restaurant meals increased by 6%, while takeaways went up by 6.6%. Furthermore, the cost of going to the theatre, a movie, or a sporting event actually fell by 0.8%. These areas employ millions of Australians and have a significant impact on our overall quality of life. So the CPI as a measure of cost of living does not encapsulate all of the components that make up people's lifestyles in Australia. While the RBA is gunning for a drop in inflation, it's hurting people's ability to enjoy the goods and services which aren't actually contributing to the problem. The RBA's rate rises will force some Australians to reduce their non-discretionary spending, which may damage the domestic services core of our economy. But is it all bad news? Well, many of the price increases are transitory, meaning they'll fade away over time rather than embed themselves in our financial system. The two-year market economist's expectation of future inflation has remained unchanged since the March quarter of 2022, and the RBA's break-even 10-year inflation rate has fallen to 2.2%. These are important signals that the current inflationary bout we're experiencing won't persist indefinitely. The price shocks in construction will fall away as supply chains regain their footing and demand begins to fall. Higher interest rates and the ending of government construction grants will drive people to delay their planned renovation or building projects. Furthermore, automotive prices have begun to fall as global prices soften. In the September quarter, they fell 4.3% with the annual movement down to 18% from the March peak of 35.1%. A more stable commodity market also promises some respite for manufacturing and processing companies, opening the door to falls in discretionary categories. This can be seen in clothing and footwear, which saw prices fall by 0.2% from June to September quarters. The CPI is a sobering reminder of the important role economics plays in our daily lives. It is a critical tool for policymakers and economists seeking to keep tabs on the state of the economy. We can think of it like a window, which the RBA's board can look out from to see the impact of their decisions. Except, rather than the bustling Martin Place view, the view is off $10 lettuce and $20 instant coffee jars. I even saw cabbage rise up to about $15, and I have no idea who's buying cabbage at 15 bucks. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for listening for another week, and I hope you have a lovely weekend ahead.